Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Today, one of my favorite days, Ty. It's a day where we have something about the MCU to talk about. Oh, baby. That's a lot of days. Um, Doctor (laughs) Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. New trailer dropped with the Super Bowl. Shout out to the Rams. Um, A lot of online speculation. Um, Some speculation almost being confirmed, not outright being confirmed, but they're they're adding fuel to the fire like Marvel always does, and we got a lot to talk about, Ty. It's going to be fun. Um, After that, though, we do have a movie review, as we do every week, Death on the Nile, starring Gal Gadot um, and a bunch of other people. Kenneth Branagh, Army Army Hammer, Hammer, Emma McKay, um, the surprising Russell Brand, which I did not know he was even in this movie. Fuck yeah. Um, It is a a, a murder mystery um, on the Nile. Um, and as you said before we started recording, you felt like you were playing the game of Clue. Oh, I was I was picking apart the clues left and right. I was figuring out this mystery as I watched the film. Uh, we're going to jump into that. And for those that have listened the last few weeks, uh, last like six weeks really, you may notice Tyler actually sounds pretty good again. Amen. Uh, we're finally recording in person because I don't care about COVID anymore. Um, nice. So yeah, fucking get me sick, Ty. Fuck Cough COVID. in my mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. Oh. Smell out. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> the show goes on. If you don't want potential spoilers for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, or in the Multiverse in. of Madness, he's in the um, Multiverse. Doctor of Strange Two. Um, you might want to skip ahead on the podcast a little bit. Um, and none of these are confirmed, as always. But as we saw with uh, past spoilers with the last MCU release, Spider-Man, um, they can't all came true pretty much. Yeah, so. where, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. Um, not always, though. I mean, a lot of Mephisto talk about WandaVision. <laughs> that never came to be. Um, so the big thing, you know, we get the trailer. We get a, a better look of the movie. And it just looks like it's going to be a lot of uh, craziness. It looks like it's going to be craziness. And I think my first talking point is they teased the the is it do they call it the Illuminati in the in the comics? Yes. I didn't know if they called it that or if it was like shortened so they didn't actually say the full word. Um, because Professor X, you could hear him at the end. Um, sounds like Patrick Stewart at least. Um, and the, the theory there is there is the Illuminati in Marvel Comics, which is kind of oversees the multiverse, and it's like the best version of all these different people, Professor X, Iron Man, there's a Doctor Strange in there, Mr. Fantastic. And, of course, they could always add or delete um, just to stay with the MCU. You know, they've done that in the past. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of the theory, the rumors. Um, the, it's been rumored for a while now. We're going to see different variants of, you know, the Tom Cruise Iron Man who yields, you know, two or three Infinity Stones, whatever it is. Um, we've already seen a different version of Doctor Strange, still played by Benedict Cumberbatch, but they could still get these other actors in. Um and there is a tweet, Tom. I'm not sure if you saw this. It is by Twitter user My Time to Shine Hello. Fuck yeah. Uh, you have seen this? No, but it's his time to shine hello. Um, that's literally his bio. <laughs> um, so this guy picked up 65,000 followers. And he tweeted something, or she, I don't know. 
Um, I think it's from Reddit because their profile picture is like a little Reddit person. But they were tweeting about uh, Doctor Strange. And yesterday, February 14th, two days ago, actually, they put a poll. Okay, I'm getting a lot of angry DMs over this. so I'm going to let you decide. Should I reveal all the cameos I know about from Multiverse of Madness? Um, got 43,000 votes. Ooh. Now, I did some digging on this person. The reason why I believe they are um, popular is they had a, a post 140 days ago. This was on February 13th. That kind of like lays out almost the whole um, plot to Doctor Strange. Um, Seriously? And it was one where he talked about America Chavez and, you know, all this stuff that wasn't even confirmed. And Wanda... And the other, you know, villain Doctor Strange. They even mentioned Charles Xavier in this post I'm reading. I almost don't want to read it just in case they're right. <laughs> and I spoil the whole fucking movie. Um, but so I think that's where they got fame. So, again, spoilers. But this person tweeted the cameos that they supposedly know. Of course, nothing is confirmed. But they seem like they have some sort of logic. Yeah. Uh, Professor X, Patrick Stewart, Captain Carter, Haley Hatwell. Um, Atwell. Whatever. Uh, Captain Marvel. Lashana Lynch. I think that's the Monica Rambo variant. Okay. Mr. Fantastic, John Krasinski. Fuck yeah. Black Bolt, Anson Mount, Clea, who's Charlize Theron, and then Balder the Brave, no actor, and Magneto, no actor. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's the cameos they supposedly know about. Yeah. Uh, um. So the Illuminati, just going off that, it's. Professor X, Iron Man, Namor, who there was set photos of like a watery set for Black Panther 2, mm-hmm. which is believed to be them introducing Namor into the MCU, so I could see him showing up in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Fantastic, did I say Black Bolt? Yeah. I think you said Black Bolt. No, yeah, I said Black Bolt. I thought you just asked, did you say Black Bolt? Well, that's part of the Illuminati. Doctor Strange and Mr. Fantastic. So, I, I mean, I, that sounds credible to me. And then there, everyone was breaking down the um, like the movie official poster mm-hmm. that came out, and it has like the ca- Captain Carter shield in one of the glass things. Yeah. So I, that sounds like I'm fucking sounds good to me. Yeah. I, I I don't see why any of those couldn't happen. Yeah, and then there's also the Deadpool, you know, potentially being in the glass. Um, although that one looked seemed like a little bit of a stretch to me. Um, but I will say I, I did see something. Didn't confirm it could have just completely been bullshit but i did see a photo and like the photo didn't look photoshopped but him like in a cage thing no that's not the one i'm talking about the one i'm talking about is the one that he supposedly posted on his facebook page or whatever and it was him in the deadpool suit um just you know an, an innocuous photo but behind him was actually the costume designer for multiverse of madness and like people like saw her and like you know put her to the cast list or whatever like knew what she looked like and then they quickly deleted it so oh shit yeah, I don't know. It looks like I, – I don't know. I don't think Deadpool is going to play an integral part. I think he'll be in the movie for 30 seconds if he is, and it's just kind of establishing like, hey, this guy's in the MCU now. Maybe it's an end credit scene. Yeah. Um, but that would be cool. And the same thing with all these Illuminati characters. I, obviously, they're going to do an X-Men of some sort in the future. I don't think it's going to be Patrick Stewart playing Professor X. I don't think – this this does kind of hurt the John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic unless they bring that version of him into it just aggressively hurts it um because in theory this these are different variants that are from the different mainline mcu universe so this could be a way to please the fans and get the krasinski fan casting while marvel can also maybe go cast someone maybe a little bit younger someone they have their eyes on you know potentially i don't know um so we'll see i don't i don't think maybe mr fantastic i will see um who sticks around, but I, I wouldn't put my money on any of these people like sticking around long term unless they weave them in here somehow. Yeah, I, I I think the only one maybe Namor, maybe just because they are bringing that character to the MCU very very soon. Yeah. Um. But did you see the thing about why Professor X is in it and like which version of the character they think that is? No. So they're rebooting the 1990 whatever X Men animated series. Okay. And they're saying that this Professor X is that animated series version. Okay. Because there's a frame in the trailer where like Doctor Strange and um what America Chavez mm-hmm. are like falling and they're falling out of an animated dimension. You think they're gonna cross it? Yes. So in that the, would be something. In the ant like in the thing that they're falling out of, it's like his portal dimensions or whatever, there's like very clearly like an animated construction cone and something else. So it looks like they're falling out of an animated series, and they think the Professor X is going to be that one from, like the cartoon X Men. Are they going to have the a X-Men cartoon movies. part of this movie? 
it seems like they're going to go through some sort of cartoon type world. It's like a split second frame, but someone grabbed it from the trailer and it very clearly is them falling out of something like that. We're about to get like a Dr. Strange Looney Tunes type thing going on here. That would be something. Um, Yeah, just a a lot of crazy stuff um, happening. I don't even know necessarily what's going to happen in this film. This is a great radio, but I'm going to show Jason the picture here. You can see where they're falling out of right here. Yeah. It's like animated. If you look, you can see like the cone. It's like drawn. Yeah. Very possible. Okay. Um, Great radio by Ty. (laughs) Um, But no, I want to walk back what I said earlier that some of these actors might not return. Um because they're playing these roles. Um, Patrick Stewart, I think that's probably still the case, but like they could just do what they did with King. And if John Krasinski's playing this version of Mr. Fantastic, this could be a different universe, Mr. Fantastic. But then the MCU still has their Mr. Fantastic. Who's the exact same guy. It's like it's true. They're kind of picking and choosing when different variants look different. Um, but it's well, comics. I mean, you can do that. It's, they make their own rules pretty much. So yeah, I mean we're getting a different variant of Doctor Strange played by the same actor. Yeah. And Loki, there was ones that looked like him. There was ones that didn't look like him. So th- it very well could be this isn't the MCU Mister Fantastic, but this is John Krasinski is going to be Mister Fantastic moving forward, which would be pretty sweet. Fucking awesome. Um, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> Still should have showed up in WandaVision. Um, I think this is a, a. I think he is the um, the most. I don't want to say he's likely to. Re- appear in this but it just with them already announcing the fantastic four you know it seems likely um and then they have all the spider-man stuff as well because you know heading into spider-man no way home it seemed like the most logical thing to do was you know put them in the sony verse and let them do their thing but they didn't and this is a way for them to do that without doing it last movie you just want that to happen this has been this has been the one you've been on and you're just like all right here's my other option now that that didn't work we're just gonna backtrack that's because they're doing it here instead of there Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I don't know. This movie looks really, really good. Um, I'm very excited for all the weird shit that's going to happen. Um, different dimensions, animated, live action, different Doctor Strange, like zombie Doctor Strange, bloodied Wanda. Yeah. You're going to get the Scarlet Witch Wanda and everything. Um, this My Time to Shine Hello person tweeted um, in January Danielle Brooks Leota Adebayo is Amanda Waller's daughter, and Peacemaker's dad is actually the villain White Dragon. Also tweeted, uh, Viola Davis is in Peacemaker. Another thing you'll get to see in Peacemaker is a giant worm, which we just saw the last episode. We did. We did um, just see a so giant worm. This person has some sort of inside knowledge to comic book movies. I wonder if they like had like were a part of this, like part of a VFX team that works for comic book movies and just quit, and then they were like, it's my time to shine. And then that's what made it them. It could be. It inspired their Twitter handle. It, it, it very well could be. Um, before we jump into Death on the Nile, Ty, I just want to share my potential concerns um, about the MCU moving forward. And I told Riley this, and I don't know if I'm just a Debbie Downer, but part of me is concerned. They didn't handle time travel the best. They did in not. Endgame. And while they, I think they, ha- they actually did handle Spider-Man better than I expected, although there was some kind of like, it's comic books, you know, like you kind of have to accept things, but sometimes it doesn't translate as well to the big screen. Um, I, I just, I'm worried about it getting so ambitious with all these different universes and multiverses that we're going to lose that cohesive where, you know, individual, not individual, but the cohesive one storyline, whereas the, the past, you know, phases, it was all building up to the infinity war with Thanos. Not every movie necessarily tied directly into Thanos, but you know, it was all within the realm of possibility. And, you know, when you're breaking the universe in one movie and then you try to tell a, a more grounded story in the n- another, um, I'm just worried it could get a little out of hand, crazy, and hard to follow. And I just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I think with what they're doing right now, like, this is very obviously the topic they wanted to try and kind of, you know, explore with Loki, Spider-Man, and now Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're doing that, but even throughout the trailer, they've been saying, like, there's ramifications for fucking with this and yeah. you know, and I think that's going to be their way of like, look, they wanted to explore the multiverse. They wanted to do this really cool, you know, stories and everything with different actors playing old roles and everything. Um, but I feel like they're laying the groundwork for, okay, we're going to do this, but we have to like make it a point to say like, Hey, we shouldn't be. And there's going to be issues because of this so that in the future they can be like, okay, we can't do that. Yeah. Kind of thing to where they like they wanted to do it, obviously, but I, I'm sure they're fully aware of how out of hand and fucked up it can be. Yeah, um, for sure. So it, it 
it seems like they're going to kind of dip their toes in like they have been and done little things here and there, but they are going to cut it off probably after this movie. And we're going to just continue on the mainline thing. We'll um, see, though, with Quantum Mania. I mean, maybe not multiverse, but the quantum realm and all that stuff and how they get the mutants into the MCU and make it make sense. Um, I mean, I'll trust them. They've made a lot of great movies, but I'm just I'm still a little worried. I, I worry that our best days are behind us. <laughs> see, you, I, I would agree with you with that. But then I just look at like what they've done recently. And like Shang-Chi was fantastic. I yeah. loved it. All the shows have been really good. Moonlight, uh, they had another little kind moon, of TV moon, spot. Moonlight, not Moonlight. Did I say light? Yeah. Moonlight. <laughs> they had another little TV spot. That still looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. Um, so I feel like they're handling the grounded stuff and the mainline MCU stuff really, really well, while kind of doing this out of this world kind of crazy storytelling. Um, I, I still feel like they're making great individual stories. Um, Besides Eternals. Eternals was great. I still love Eternals. <laughs> You're not gonna. You're not gonna get. You're me on to the say, wrong side of history. You're not Ty. gonna get me to say a bad thing about Eternals. Eternals should have been a series. It could have been so good if it was a series. It would have been fantastic. It was also a great movie, though. <laughs> you're on the wrong side of history. Ty. Eighty-nine out of hundred. Um, is Death on the Nile a great movie, though, Ty? Oh, let's talk about it. Within the lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast, and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, we highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. I'm sorry. This is an adjustment period. <laughs> you can start whenever. <clears throat> What was the main character's name? How do you pronounce it? Poirier? I don't remember. <laughs> Poi, Poirot? Poirier? Poirier? Hercule? I don't know. I'm just going to try this. <clears throat> Belgian sleuth. Hercule Poirier. I think I nailed that. Egyptian, vaca Egyptian vacation abroad, a glamorous river steamer, turns into a terrifying search for a murderer when a picture-perfect couple's ide idyllic honeymoon is tragically cut short. Set against an epic landscape of sweeping desert vistas and majestic Giza pyramids, this tale of unbridled passion and incapacitating jealousy features a cosmopolitan group of impeccably dressed travelers and enough wicked twists and turns to leave audiences guessing until the fi final shocking denouement? Denouement? Denouement. Denouement. De okay, that's enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna use Google here. The final shocking denouement. 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 Play this out loud. Denouement. Denouement. <laughs> <laughs> the final part of a play, movie, or narrative in which the strands of the plot are drawn together and matters are explained or resolved. Ty, that synopsis may have dragged more than the first half of this movie. <laughs> this that was a mouthful of a synopsis. <laughs> and this movie, this movie was, it was a lot. Um, instant takeaways. Um, I just found out that uh, Latita Wright was the, the actress that, um, that's Shuri. Yeah. Didn't put those, those together until literally right now. Okay. Fuck yeah. Um, no, this is a, a classic crime, mystery, and thriller according to Rotten Tomatoes. But it's a classic. Someone got murdered. Who done it? Who done it? And, um, yeah. Closed then, off. No one can leave or get in or out. Yep. Yep. It's the select group of people. It has to be one of us. Who is it? And I don't, like, what, it, are these mystery crime movies? Like, what is the exact? It's a murder mystery. Murder mystery. Murder mystery. You're right. Um, we, we've seen these done before. Um, this isn't reinventing the wheel. Um, it's trying to be different because it, it it's on a boat. 
instead of in a house or wherever else you I don't even think it's movies. trying to be different. I think this is just a murder mystery. <laughs> I <laughs> there's no nothing that I took away from this that was like, wow, they really did that originally and unique. Well, now here's the question is one of your favorite movies, um I, I don't want to say one of your favorite movies, but I know you you really like the movie Knives Out, which is a Incredible. murder mystery. Yeah. Um I haven't seen all of Knives Out. I've seen bits and pieces like just without giving away too much of your scale, like how does a movie like this stack out stack up to a movie like Knives Out when like how different can it really be? Well, that's the thing is Knives Out is completely different. Okay. It's less of a whodunit and more of a uh, – I, I don't even want to give it away, Jay, because I still want you to watch it and enjoy it for the first time. So the parts I've seen is the end where he's explaining everything. <laughs> that's like the part of the movie <laughs> I've seen. It's, it's not a whodunit. It's like a partial whodunit, but then it's like, okay, this person did it, but why did they do it? Like it doesn't make sense yeah. why they did it. And that's its unique twist, and that's why it – stacks up so much better than something like this, which is just a regular murder mystery. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Belgium, Hercule Poirot, Poirot, whatever Poirier. his name is. Didn't realize he was Belgian. I thought he was French. I thought he had the greatest mustache in cinema history. <laughs> it was the most, he had a mustache and then there was like a second layer of mustache that came out. He had like two points on either side. It was incredible. Now, as soon as he came on the screen with his mustache, he looks identical. He had a mustache and a little soul patch. He looked identical to Riley's grandfather. Yeah? Like, it is a spitting image. I'm going to grab my phone to show you right now, Ty. It's on my desk. But it was a spitting image. Now, I've never met Riley's grandfather, but you're saying spitting image. I hope this man has just the most majestic mustache I've ever seen. <laughs> he doesn't have the curl, and I don't know if he has, like, a recent... I don't even think I'm friends with him on Facebook, so I can't even show you. Um, yeah, his his picture on facebook he doesn't have the stash he doesn't have the curl but he he in the past has had the stash with the soul patch combo okay and when he has that you know they look identical i mean this is him just with the soul patch but you could probably see it a oh, little i bit. see it there's yeah. res- there's a resemblance there throw the stash on there and you see it um also shout out to this movie for just having like a random war scene to open it strictly to explain this man having a mustache <laughs> like i i guess it kind of laid the groundwork for like oh this guy's kind of smart but it was strictly it, it was strictly just like hey my face is fucked up guess i need to grow a mustache and become a detective well it came full circle at the end when he shaved his mustache he did um he looked like shit <laughs> she kept it yeah it, it wasn't great also like they were like yeah let's make his face mangled and that's why he has a mustache but we're just gonna ignore doing anything to it like there's shots of him sideways with the mustache. He has no scar on his face. <laughs> you did nothing until the mustache was removed. Yeah. Um, I, I legitimately thought, like, when that scene was happening, like, it not it quickly through my mind, I was like, am I in the wrong movie? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I was like, this is Death on an Eye. I'm watching Saving Private Ryan. Like, <laughs> that, and, uh, and it was black and white. And I, I was like, is this whole fucking movie in black and white? Like, because I didn't watch any trailers or anything for this. And I... For a second, was worried because I'm not a fan of black and white films, but we're all good. Okay, something's just been brought to my attention. What's this time? Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Mr. Um, Detective. Mr. Detective himself. Who was he? Hold on. This is... What do you mean, who was he? Oh, no. Jason, I liked this man. What? I really liked this actor. Okay. He directed Artemis Fowl. <laughs> He's the director of Artemis Fowl. <laughs> For those that don't know, Tyler has a, a, a putrid hatred. A putrid hatred. I don't know if I've ever used those <laughs> words together. Uh, not only for the movie Artemis Fowl, but the character Artemis Fowl himself. He directed, produced. Is he? If he's, he's probably the reason for that disgustingly small tie. <laughs> I think that's the source material, probably. But <laughs> I don't know. That feels like a director's deci- decision. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Now fuck him with his stupid fucking mustache. He did good in this movie. You just said you liked him. I did until I realized he directed one of the worst things that was ever fucking released. That's funny. I'm my opinion on him is I I don't think I've ever had an opinion on someone shift so quickly. How about this, Ty, for an opinion shift? So he also directed the first Thor. Um, <laughs> gross. So his he he did uh, Artemis Fowl. And he did Death on the Nile. He also directed this. Um, he directed and starred. Okay. The movie in between those two? <laughs> Oscar-nominated <laughs> Belfast for Best Picture. He was also in Tenet. 
Um, so this guy, you know, don't don't shit on him, Ty. That's... He, just, he had one miss with Artemis Fowl. The producers w- had too much of a say in it. That's why. He was a producer. <laughs> the other producers had too much of a say in it. That's why. I just, I, I'm hurt. I'm hurt right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was hyping this man's mustache up. I called it the greatest mustache in the history of cinema. <laughs> Little to find out it's a man who has done so much emotional damage to me. Oh, man. That's great. That's that, What a great way to start the, the movie review, Ty. Let's jump into the scale. Hopefully that doesn't have any impact on the scale itself. My enjoyment score just went through the fucking floor. <laughs> Plot slash story, Ty. It's a classic whodunit murder mystery setting up the... The, the dominoes to be knocked down later in the movie, intentionally having multiple red herrings. Pretty much every character was a red herring except the guy who did it himself. Who knew? Um, I did like the twist, actually, that the girl was involved. I actually didn't see that part coming, um, that the, the girl was involved with it. And then um, the guy helping him out. I didn't think he would be the killer. Um, I thought that was a nice little twist just to add him in it without him being the killer itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that a lot. Usually it's just kind of like the who done it, you know, who did the killing. All that being said, I gave it an 11. Um, it didn't reinvent the wheel. And the first half of this movie, while I understand why it was the way it was and setting up all these dominoes to fall, it fucking dragged. Like, my enjoyment scale heading into the halfway mark of this movie was probably in single digits. And spoiler alert, it's not in single digits now. The The second half of the movie and really the closing was fine. It was cool. But, man, this first half dragged, man. Yeah, I, I gave it a 12. Um, it was very, very slow to get off the floor. Um, the the entire opening was just unnecessary. Yeah, could have cut that whole part out of the movie and just had a mysterious detective, and I would have been more than okay <laughs> with it. Um, and then it's just kind of like the the two meeting and and falling in you know quote unquote love that we just don't see. They're just instantly married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like their trip, and it's just, get to the murder. This is a murder mystery. I don't care about the stuff before the murder. Yeah, after that happens, it's pretty interesting. That it, it the pacing's good. Um. There's a lot of very, very in-your-face lines um, throughout this movie that give away the clues. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the mom saying, my red paint's missing. Yeah. Like, okay, that. thank you for that. Yeah. Um, like, there's shit throughout that's just very on the nose and, ah, oh, that makes sense. And it just doesn't isn't necessary for the story, but it's like, let me say this. Let me These say this. These kind of movies always do that. 100%, like, yeah. It, it's, it's supposed to be like, oh, when you watch, like... The foreshadowing and when you watch it back when he's explaining you're like oh okay because you know i don't want to try to sound smarter than like the common moviegoer but like there there's some common moviegoers who aren't thinking of it in that way and they're just kind of watching the movie and at the end they're like oh shit the red paint i remember when she mentioned that and it's yeah. like it's just, it's kind of just the the formula i think for these types of movies <laughs> no a million percent um i will say big brain tyler the three main suspects i had were the husband the the chick and then the guy who was working with Poirier Mm -hmm. and all three of them were guilty in some shape or form. So shout out to me. I just, as I like before the murder even happened, it was the husband. Like it was like, it's always, you know, they're sending up all these warning signals for all these other characters. You have her assistant who wants to be her, you know, with the necklace and everything. And then you have who ends up getting killed as well. Poor her. You have the ex husband or ex fiance. Who's the doctor. You have the zealous cousin. You have the, the, the grandmother who doesn't like her wealth, the other one who wants the wealth, like all these people. Um, and it's always the one that's like, oh, you know, this guy, he seems like he's not part of it. And it's always him that's part of it. Um, I will say it was an interesting, like, she married a guy in five weeks, but she was so, like, she didn't trust anyone. Like, she didn't trust her any of her family. She even told the detective that, like, all of them wanted for the money, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But she didn't stop to question someone wanting to engage her and marry her after just five weeks. Not only that, after leaving his fiance. Yeah. <laughs> for you. Yeah. Just that quickly. Mm-hmm. Kind of shady. Kind of fucked up by her. Did she deserve to die? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ty. Um, I was going to make another point as well, and I fucking lost my train of thought. I, I don't think Al Gado deserved to die, but it, it was a weird <laughs> choice for sure. He was just like instantaneous and really fucked up. Also, absolute psychopath move to follow them around on their honeymoon. But it was all part of it. No, it was but all part of the play. Like literally, like she should have. There's definitely a way to get her arrested. Yeah, yeah. It was weird too how like they didn't want her there, but then she gets on the boat, 
and then like Gal Gadot goes crazy, like I'll buy the fucking boat if I have to. Which how does she just buy a ticket for this boat? Like didn't the guy already rent out the whole thing? That's what I'm saying. Like you you very much like this is your boat for the weekend. How yeah. do random people get aboard? Like could I have been on this boat? <laughs> you bought a ticket. I'm like that boat looks cool. I just want to be a part of their wedding party. <laughs> I also like how at no point in this film do you see him question any of the crew. There is an entire crew, cleaning crew, boat crew, everything, cooking yeah. crew. Never are they once questioned at all. Not one time. Just an aggressive <laughs> amount of background characters who just, no one cares. They're like, nah, it's one of these main people for sure. <laughs> um, oh, what I, my, I lost my train of thought is I found the perfect way to, and maybe someone's probably already done this, but a, a true murder mystery that actually shocks people, Ty. The detective is the one who did it. Yeah. And he doesn't remember. I've actually, no, I've actually been thinking about a script. <laughs> Maybe. Did you, wait, did you say he doesn't remember? Yeah. Bro, it, I've been thinking about that. Like, it's a detective who, like, wakes up in the hospital and it's like, bro, your family's missing, but you were, like, hit over the head or something. And it turns out he just has amnesia and he, like, killed him, like, slipped and fell and bashed his head and forgot everything. But, like, he's a detective and he's figuring out his own murder mystery. That would fucking slap. <laughs> and at the end, yeah. It, the And we don't leave any breadcrumbs that it might have been the detective himself. No. No, because never. if you leave those breadcrumbs, people will pick it up. But we do the same thing this movie does. We have like six candidates. Yeah, red herring. Then we have the one guy, like the husband, who doesn't have any red herrings, and it's like, okay, he's the guy. But then that's the guy who actually cracks the case that the detective is the one who did it. Fuck yeah. That's, Fuck yeah. That's how we do it, Ty. There's our movie. Let's write it. I'm all in. <laughs> I think it'd be incredible. Um, it would shock people for sure. I I can't think there's I can't imagine there's a murder mystery where the detective's the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good it would be good and we could uh cast kenneth Barrah to be uh maybe not the detective this time but he could be in our film him and the no. artemis foul kid no not what I, if the artemis, artemis foul kid gets murdered he's yeah. his son that he kills <laughs> okay i'm all in never mind cast that fucker immediately i want him to have two minutes of screen time <laughs> and we purposely make a horrible movie so he just his career further tanks <laughs> um <laughs> Poor kid, man. I don't know if he could ever recover from that. He was so bad in that movie. Very bad. Um, visuals, cinematography, Ty. Um, this movie was – it was different. Like, I don't want to call it different, but it, it did try some uh, cinematic elements, you know, just with, like, some of the camera cuts it did, you know, zooming into the river and the the, the fish and, like, some of the, the scenes of the people in the, the Nile, you know, like, the people on the side, like, lighting a campfire or whatever. Like, it, it had interesting cuts and it had – you know, it, it was – more than just a regular murder mystery, there was actually some thought and some TLC put into, like, trying to make it visually nice and trying to make it a cinematic movie. That's what you get out of a an Oscar-nominated director like Kenneth Barrah. Um, Disgusting. I gave it a 16 out of 20. <laughs> yeah, I also gave it a 16. There is some really nice shots. Um, and it's just very – it's very colorful, mm-hmm. which I was – I thought, like, watching the trailers it was going to be, which is even why I was more confused with the black and white opening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was at Civic Plaza, the the theater up here too, and we we're very aware that that movie theater yeah. consistently fucks up. That's why I was worried. We were on the giant screen yeah. too, and I was like, "This could it could be a very colorful movie that I'm just not going to see any of the color in." <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, it did look really nice. Like you said, that shot of them like the fish underwater, like trying to get the gun or whatever after he threw it in. Um. The use of color, the the different kind of shots they use throughout, um, with the pyramids and everything, like it looks pretty good. I'm yeah. I'm not gonna hate it. It isn't anything incredible, but it does have a unique vibe to it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, good. Uh, I think like just set pieces as well. Good costume design. Um, it was based in you know 20s, 30s, whatever that point in, of time. Um, I thought it. I thought they did a, a pretty good job at that. And like I said, it's just what an Oscar nominated director like Kenneth Barad does. Ty, you need to put some respect on his name. Disgusting. Um, Artemis Fowl, Ferdia Shaw. Still the only movie he's been a part of. <laughs> Poor guy. What about the shot? Um, so I actually thought the dancing shot in the beginning, it kind of reminded me of Last Night in Soho a little bit. Like they just the, the that dancing scene because they were they're getting all romantic. And Mm-mm. why are you shaking your head? You don't give that shot in Last Night in Soho enough love. That was practical. Two girls dancing with one guy and you never noticed. Anyways, um, but the way they were dancing and like you could feel the tension and everything. That was a great scene, but then there was also the scene where Gal Gadot was pretending to be a horse on the Egyptian pyramid thing and was just, like, bending over right in front of the guy. Oh, yeah, that was kind of cringe. Yeah, it was. I looked at Riley like, what the hell? I was intrigued on, on how far they were going to go, though. Like, 
I was like, are you guys actually going to fuck on top of this? But And then Cousin Andrew just pushes a boulder and almost hits them. Um, but that was it. It's just never to be seen. He's just like, hey, you know what? That was on me. I fucked up my bad. <laughs> I tried just smashing you with thousands of pounds of rock <laughs> while you were trying to have sex. Hand up. I fucked up. Let's I, forget about it. I love how the detective's reasoning for knowing it wasn't him that shot him was the fact that he had another gun. Yeah. He's like, well, he wouldn't have grabbed the other one because he has that one. Like, eh, he still probably could have grabbed very, the other one. Very easily could have grabbed it and then been like, look, uh, couldn't have been me. Different gun. He's like, no. <laughs> he's he's eliminated. <laughs> oh, man. I, Murder mysteries. <laughs> a lot of lot of jumps in, in logic. And there has to be, I guess. Well, let's get into key elements, Ty. There has to be some logic jumps in a movie like this. It can be done better, and that's why there are extra points that can be added on top of this. But when I'm just talking about a murder mystery, like, this is it. Like, it, it is what it is. It actually made me chuckle a few times. I can't think of any specific um, instances, um, but it did make me chuckle a few times. But it is a murder mystery, you know, even if the first half is slow. I give it a 16. Like, it, it's absolutely the subject matter, and, I mean, it's not really hard to do. It's formulaic, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I give it a 15. I'm right there with you. Um, it, it hits all the points. It's, it's a, you know, you meet these characters, one of them dies, and there's just so happens to be a detective there who's going to fucking solve this and figure out who it is. And you get the whole process of could it be them, could it be them. Um, it could have been done better. I, I feel like it was very, we're not giving these characters any attention. Obviously, it's them. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been more interesting if it was just like, yeah, no, the fucking doctor did it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was him. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it was interesting. It had its, you know, ins and outs and I wasn't expecting there to be multiple murders. I'll say I was surprised when the second chick was murdered. Yeah. I was like, oh, we still killing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a, you know, it did what you want out of a murder mystery. It didn't do anything unique, but it hit all the points. It, it was, you know, ins and outs and. Red herrings galore. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's what you want out of this. Yeah, I, I'm trying to... I, I can't... I can't find the exact uh, review, but I, I read something. Maybe it was the consensus review, but when I reread it, it didn't say the same thing. But I swore I read someone writes that it obviously had an affinity for the, the subject material or, like, the source material... Um, not the source material because there is a book, I believe, but for the the genre, obviously had a, a affinity for the genre and murder mysteries of the past, almost to a fault, is like what the review was. It was a rock review, and it's like, yeah, I, I could see that. Like, this is a director who, you know, great movies. That that's all he directs. Um, you could tell he really likes the murder mystery genre, and he put himself as the main guy in a murder mystery genre. And it was probably fun to film, and it was probably he probably loved to do it. It's probably something he really wanted to do, almost like a passion project. But sometimes that could hurt because he's trying so hard to make his version of these, you know, older movies. Because I think murder mysteries might be not as popular now as they used to be. Yeah. Um, and so much to the point where it's just kind of like same old, same old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I'm. I'm blown away right now. Why? This was a sequel. Was it? Murder- I know there was a book, right? Murder on the Orient Express stars Kenneth Branagh as the same character, and it has Boke, because they were like friends in this movie. That friendship, I believe, was set up on Murder in the Orient on the Orient Express. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, both of them play the exact same characters, exact same name. The other one has Daisy Ridley and Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, William Dafoe. Oh shit! Do we need to go watch this movie? Josh Green. Yeah. So he's done a train, a boat. Murder on the Air Expressway. I, there's going to be a murder on a plane. Murder on the Boeing 737? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it is a... Uh, so, Murder on the Orient Express, Ty. It is... Uh, the film is the fourth screen adaptation of Christie's novel. There was a 1974 film, a 2001 TV film, and a 2010 episode of the television series Agatha Christie's Poor Yote. Agatha Christie is the... The novel that the writer of the novel, um, so I'm assuming he probably wrote. Oh, she, sorry, Agatha. Um, she wrote the Orient Express. I'm sure she probably also wrote Death on the Nile and all that stuff. That's wild. I'm, I was just I was looking at this stuff while you're talking, and I was like, he looks like the same character in this movie. <laughs> and sure enough, Agatha Christie books. So she wrote um, 
yeah, Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, The Murder of Roger Akaroyo. That was before those, though. So it looks like they might have. She might have only done two, but who knows? She has a bunch of other ones. So, but yeah. Okay. I. I don't like Kenneth Branagh. The fact that this is a series with him having this mustache <laughs> solidifies it as the best mustache in cinema history. Do we need to go back and and watch this film now? How did, why do they explain the mustache in this film if you already had the mustache? Was that why they had to put that film in this that scene in this film is because after the first movie There's everyone so many questions. was just talking about the stash? Where did the iconic mustache come from? And you're like, you know what? We're gonna give it to you in the sequel. Dude, this is a fucking kick ass cast. Yeah, too. it's huge. I mean, you already mentioned some of them. I don't know if you said Penelope Cruz, you said Willem nope. Dafoe, Judy Dench. Yeah, Johnny Depp. You said Josh Gad. You said Leslie Odom Jr. Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley, Derek Jacoby. I don't know who that is, but fuck, this looks fantastic. We're so fucking ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) Never would you know though. I'll give him a little bit of credit. Like this one, the first one actually had so it's had sixty percent Rotten Tomatoes, fifty three audience, whereas Death on the Nile had sixty four and eighty three. So this one um, received better than the first one. but I will say, like, they did a good job. Like, you didn't have to see the first one to see this one. I had no idea. This was a very own own kind of contained murder. Yeah. I just assumed those guys were friends. I had no idea that they'd been through a murder together before. That makes sense why he just, like, allowed him to be yeah. his partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't you last time. I doubt it was you this time. Yeah, that does make it make more sense. Interesting. I might have to go watch this now. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Even though the first, it's got worse reviews. It's not as long though. It's because it doesn't have the mustache explaining scene. Yeah. Um, His mustache still looks fantastic though. <laughs> that's great. Characters tie. Talking about a star studded cast um, in the first one. This one, maybe not as star studded, but still some really big names. Yeah. That being said, kind of disappointed. Um, When you see a cast like this that has Gal Gadot, who, you know, she's pretty good. Um, Her last movie, Wonder Woman 1984 was horrible. Um, I don't know if that's her last one, but you have her. You have Russell Brand, who's usually quite well, enjoyable. It couldn't have been her last one. She had Red Notice. That's right. Um, Latita Wright, you know, she's yep. pretty good. Um, you know, some guys like Army Hammer, who I've heard of. I, I just was felt, like, underwhelmed. I gave it a 10 out of 20. I thought Kenneth Branagh was pretty decent as the detective. I thought he was witty and charming like he needed to be. Although, um, this is just a, a subtitle complaint by me because I'm so used to subtitles. I didn't understand half the things he was saying. No, this would have been very nice to watch at home. Um, and that was just the accent. And I'm sorry to any Belgian listeners we might have. Probably don't. But um, I, I couldn't understand him mm. half the time. Um, I, I just, it was like there wasn't anyone really bad, but no one really stood out. And when you have a cast this good, I feel like it probably could have been better. Yeah, I gave him an 11. And uh, Kenneth Branagh, I think he was good in his role. Like he, like he, There's almost like moments of humor. Um, and he was very clever, and he hit all the things that he needed to. You didn't said there was no one bad, which I disagree with. Who who was bad? Gal Gadot is not a good actress. Oh, okay. Her the way she reads lines is just so inauthentic, and she's just consistently been kind of a bad actress in the past, like multiple movies we've seen her in. I I can't like I'm just going interesting going. I don't through, know if I have that same take. If I'm being honest. I, I think just, she's a great actress, but I think she's fine. Red Notice, not good. Very bad performance. Wonder Woman, 1984. Red Notice, I think we gave a good score, Ty. Not in acting. I don't remember. Actually, I might have it on my sheet. I'm pretty sure I do. Um, Red Notice, I gave an 11 for characters. <laughs> I gave an 8. <laughs> she was bad in that. She was bad in this. She was bad in Wonder Woman, 1984. I haven't really seen anything else. She had very small roles in what Fast and Furious. What about the first Wonder Woman? First hey, Wonder she Woman's did not have good, a small but... role. She was big in Fast and the Furious. No, she That's... wasn't. Yeah, she was. She's for like those three movies, she played like a pretty big role. She was like the Rock's like sidekick or whatever. That was the wrong character, my friend. Whoever she... it was, she was in him. She was she not was, a no, small she role. She was 100% in him, but she was just like one of the team members. That's not a small role, bro. It's fucking Fast and the Furious. Her, I, I very... She's in three of them. I very much remember her one scene where she gets smacked on the ass by a guy and they use that to get his fingerprints. That happens. <laughs> Fucking love Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> I just she she's good in action movies and it's fine. Like it doesn't take away from it when it's an action. I guess these are all action. Movies. I don't. know. She's just not a good actress. Explain the first Wonder Woman. Uh, good writing. Okay. I, but even then, like I, 
I don't know if her performance was that good in that one. I think the movie's good. I think I, you're sexist. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, she wasn't that good. Latita Wright. I don't know. She's okay. She wasn't that good in this. Um, I, I liked the Tom Bateman character. He was okay, but he his dialogue felt very forced. He was very much the the ex expose. What what is it? dialogue? When they like explain everything. Dialogue dump. Oh, fuck exposition. It, exposition dump. He was very much like a who was the, um book the guy who gets shot his friend okay he was just explaining shit throughout the entire movie and he's like let me just have like a three minutes of me talking to explain what's happening here because you couldn't understand the main character <laughs> yeah, that's part of it it is part of it um russell brand though mm-hmm. great really i felt like he was like non-impactful entirely but i just love russell brand <laughs> okay. it was so good to see him at in least, a movie at least you admit it okay i he just i mean he brought nothing to it but it was kind of like a serious role he's just I love him for, for from for getting Sarah Marshall and get him to the Greek. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. I just like seeing him in stuff, and I'm glad he was in this. Fair. That's that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I have the same Gal Gadot take as you, but I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to sit here and defend her performance. I mean, she did get killed halfway through the movie, so maybe that's the best thing they could have done. But okay, well, time out. Yeah, she gets killed, and when did you say you started enjoying the movie? <laughs> I don't think that had to do with her acting or okay. something. The murder actually happening in the murder mystery because, I don't know, maybe the murder should happen in the first 20% of the movie, not in the 60% mark. I think you just subconsciously liked who they murdered in this movie. <laughs> I will say, I wasn't, no, I, I knew she was getting murdered. Never mind. I was going to try to give it credit for it's just something that's not true. Um, <laughs> I will say this, though. I thought Emma Mackey, who played Jacqueline de Belfort, was decent. I thought she was pretty decent. Uh, the crazy ex. Yeah. yeah. I thought her performance might've been the best. And I looked at her filmography cause I thought I knew her from somewhere. I just don't. Um, she was in the sex education TV series, which Riley said she knew her from. I've never seen that. Um, she was also in the winter Lake movie and a movie called Eiffel, neither of which seemed like they were big movies. So this is kind of like her, her coming out party, I guess, um, as big as you know, this movie is. So yeah, I thought she did pretty decent she's and she's French. French. She's a French actress. Didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I thought she was good in this as well. Um, but outside of that, I just really don't like Al Gadot's acting. You're a hater, bro. I, I, I can't Is lie. Is it because she was in Furious? It's not. It's not because she was in Furious. Your, your most hated film franchise? I love doing The Rock Johnson. Yeah, he's not. Is, does Al Gadot come back for number 10? I think she's dead. But that's never stopped them before. Exactly. So maybe. But I'm pretty sure really like, that was like an on-screen death. Yeah, but who fucking knows? I mean, she fell out of a plane. Did she fall out of the plane when I they went remember. down the twenty mile long runway? I think that is when she died. Yeah, I don't remember how though. I think she did. She just fall. I think she just falls out of that plane while it's on the floor, bro. She could have fallen, landed on something, wanted to have a, a slow her life down. That's why she never reconnected. But then she's entirely back for ten. But then Vin Diesel's like. We need you familiar. We kind of, I feel like we should write an article just like breaking this news <laughs> without any credible source to back it up. And we're probably going to be right. Um, as a not big Gal Gadot fan as yourself, you know, you are, um, she's in some big movies coming up that we're going to have to watch on the pod. She plays the evil queen in Disney snow white. Yep. Um, she's going to be Cleopatra in the movie Cleopatra. Yep. Sounds like it'll be a big movie and she, there's going to be wonder woman three. So get Is ready there? to see more Gal Gadot. Yeah. She in flashpoint. Announced. Um, it is not on her IMDb, but she very well could make an appearance. Okay. Wonder Woman 3, because, yeah, they fucked the second one so bad. I hope this one's like a prequel to like before she even became Wonder Woman, and she just has more powers than she had in any of the other movies. That would be awesome. <sighs> what a fucking stupid-ass movie. Sometimes <laughs> I look back at the movies we review, like Wonder Woman 1984, and I look at the score I give it, and I'm just like, why was it even that high? I guess the, the the scale never lies, but sometimes I do doubt my own scoring system. Yeah, I, I mean, got a you, sixty-one and a half. You gave it higher than me. You, yeah, you gave it worse than me. Even that. Well, that's because I I enjoy me some some what's his name Pedro Pascal. Yeah, he's Mandalorian. He's fantastic. He was good in that movie. And the visuals are always good in those. They movies, were good, so that always carries it. And the key elements like superhero movies. It's okay. Enjoyment tie. How much did you enjoy this movie, despite learning that? Uh, Kenneth Barrow was the one who directed Artemis Fowl and your hatred for Gal Gadot. Mm. 
14. Higher than me. I gave it a 12. I had a good time with it. It wasn't like it was cookie cutter, but like the first half dragged. But once it got going, it was kind of just like a, ah, this is fun. Yeah, I really didn't like the first half of this movie and that weighed it down. I thought the last 40, 30 to 40% was fun, um, but not enough to pull it out of the depths of hell. Um, depths of hell. I mean, Jesus. it's a 12. Um, <laughs> this isn't a movie I'm going to really recommend to anyone. Like, there's plenty yeah. of murder mysteries that, you know, you could recommend Knives Out being number one and, you know, when they make future ones of those. But it, it's nothing. I don't know. It, it's a forgettable movie. It's like a million percent. I've seen a lot of these movies with Riley and our a long time being in a relationship. And it's like you just see certain movies where you just want to go to the movies and you see something like Paper Towns. That was mm-hmm. the first movie we all saw together. The only reason I remember that is because it was the first. But you see weird movies like this where that was the first movie we all saw together. Yes. That or Minions. They were very they were back to back. I don't know which one came out first. You might have Fuck. to look that up. But um It doesn't sound right, but it probably is. But there there's those kind of movies that are almost like in one year out the other. And if I didn't have a podcast to talk about it, um, I might have already forgotten about this film. Like out of all the movies we've reviewed recently, like this is the most like didn't hate it, gonna forget about it movie. And that's fine. You sometimes you wanna it's it's not really turn your brain off, but it's it sometimes you just want to go to the movies and see a movie and that's kind of what this was yeah i i dropped it down to 13 because it is very forgettable yeah um but it i didn't have a bad time with it like it was it was a decent enough watch you know i had a i had a good time i watched it i would have preferred to watch it at home yeah just hand but then you might not have paid attention as much no because that, that, to me that was like a self-confidence thing like i want to figure this out before they figure it out mm so I was I was very locked in trying to piece together all the clues, like the uh, like the paint. I can't really think of any other clues that they like notably thrown out there. But there was there was clues. No, for sure, yeah, for sure. A lot of red herring clues, but the paint one. As soon as he got shot and that handkerchief already had red on it, I was like, that ain't he didn't get See, fucking I, I shot. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. I it knew happened. he didn't get shot. I didn't understand that it was like fake, and then he shot himself. But I was like, are they ever gonna examine that wound? <laughs> Yeah, it's weird that the doc. Well, no, yeah, he did shoot himself, so the doctor would have examined the wound. But like uh, right away, they didn't. They're like, let's put pressure on it and get him to a room. Yeah, and then leave him alone for an extended amount of time so he can go commit murder on yeah. the Nile. Yeah, forgettable movie. I used to have a note that had uh, on my notes app that had all the like just movies me and Riley went and saw. Um, that's on my old phone. I don't have it anymore. So I was gonna try to read off some of the like forgettable movies that I've seen in the theaters that. I forgot about until now, but me and Victoria have a box full of tickets. Nice. Um, I don't know where that's at. I don't know if she still does that. I give her all the stubs. She yelled at me at Jackass for leaving the tickets, so I feel like she's still <laughs> keeping them somewhere. Nice. Uh, Nerve. That's kind of like one of those movies, but I liked Nerve. Um, that was a random movie we saw. I'm still stuck on Paper Towns. That was the most forgettable movie ever, but I very much remember it. Because it was like the first one. That's yeah. why you remember it. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you a, a single thing that happens in this film. What do you think? Pa- this isn't your random Rotten Tomatoes. But what do you think Paper Towns has on Rotten Tomatoes, Ty? I mean, I'm on its IMDb. It's got a 6.2, but I'm going to guess like 45%. 58%. Okay. That's Wasn't a great movie. No. That's, it's the, This kid was is the, the Naked Brothers band or some shit like that, right? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Scott, no, not Scott. Nat Wolf. Yeah, what is Naked Brother band? I th- I think that was his band. And like, yeah, the Naked Brother. It was a Nickelodeon show. That's a weird show name. The Naked Brothers band for a Nickelodeon show. Look at it's a fucking show. It was him and his brother. They weren't naked. I don't know why they called him the Naked Brothers band. Yeah, 2005. I've never heard of that until now. Wow, the more you know. What did you give Death on the Nile, Ty, out of 100? Out of 100, I gave Death on the Nile a good old two-thirds 67 out of 100. I gave it a 65. A little, little bit lower than me. I thought you were going to be higher for some reason. Because you think I am i don't have standards or something, and you think you're smarter no, than me? No, just doing the math in my head. I just did bad math. That puts it at 70 out of 111 movies that we have reviewed. 66 consensus score. Um, correct. That ties it with Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Witches, uh, puts it 0.5 higher than Jungle Cruise, 0.5 lower than Dog's Purpose, Godzilla versus Kong Mortal Kombat. Witches, I'm glad, um, 
that ties it because I literally thought of I was I thought of the witches movie in the lobby leaving after this movie. Just like I, I when I was thinking about it, I was like, that feels like a movie that's on the same level as witches. Like I don't know why. Like that was just the first thought. And witches, it's the witches. That's another in one year out the other movie. Million. Percent. I have not thought about that movie once until coming out of the movie Death on the Nile, which had nothing related to it. <laughs> nothing at all. But shout out to you for making that connection. <laughs> this is the first sixty-six we've given out where we both didn't give it a sixty-six. The other two we had the exact same scores. Which Space Jam a new legacy tie? It's getting slammed. Like we're on the wrong side of history there. Isn't it like it, up it, for a lot of Razzies? Yeah. And I think just we talked about it on that podcast. Go listen to it if you haven't already. Go look up, you know, our our Space Jam a new legacy uh podcast review. Um twenty five percent Rotten Tomatoes. The point we made then is seventy nine percent audience score though. Yeah. The point we made then was a lot of people were upset about all the Warner Brothers properties and they called it commercializing. Isn't that literally we said, isn't that literally what the first Space Jam was with the Looney Tunes? It's just now they have more properties to show off and they have better technology. Like it's it's the same thing when you really think about it. Number two is the fact that the first Space Jam is very overrated. It's a cult classic. I'm not gonna hate anyone for liking it. I liked it as a kid when I watched it, but it's a classic case of like your memory of the movie is better than the movie itself. So no matter what, this was always going to kind of probably get a negative review, and it has. And poor LeBron James, because we gave it the same thing as Death in the Nile, which is not up for any Razzies. It's not. Yeah, I, Look, it's got 79 audience score. I think people liked it. I think critics just wanted to shit on LeBron James. Yeah, the true goat. Okay. Um, <laughs> next week, Ty. I don't know if you were, like, trying to fire me up there knowing that I'm not a basketball guy. <laughs> Next week, we are watching another Tom Holland film, another potential big blockbuster movie. I don't know. The box office has been kind of dead since <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, that is Uncharted, based on the PlayStation-exclusive video game that would come for free with your PS3, uh, starring him and Mark Wahlberg. Um, never played the Uncharted games, did you? No. Um, even though they we, came we free? Were... Did they come free? I didn't know I'm that. pretty sure like the very first PlayStation 3 they might have. I just remember for some reason having the game and never purchasing it. I don't think I ever per- I, I don't think I ever remember having it. We were both PlayStation guys too. Uncharted game come with PS3. <laughs> what a great Google search. <laughs> um I'm pretty sure it did. Okay. I'm pretty sure the first Uncharted Uncharted Drake's Fortune came with it. Extensively marketed as a PlayStation exclusive, Uncharted Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just misremembering. Did you like buy the Uncharted bundle PlayStation? That's probably what it was. I don't think I had it, but I think that they probably did have a bundle PlayStation. That's I'm just mixing up. Just came with the game. Yeah, as like part of it. Yeah, because they they've done that before. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably what you're thinking of there. Well, I'm just fucking stupid. Okay. Okay. Forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Uncharted. Yeah. Forty percent. Four zero. Correct. Maybe we need to start having a conversation about Tom Holland being a good actor. Cause I don't Double think all the time. <laughs> that doesn't have a great score. He did has a great performance by him, though. That's a pretty good score, I think, actually. Cherry, you didn't like as much. Double all the time, 76.5. Cherry, you didn't like as much. Yeah, not good. Chaos Walking, I know that movie got shit on. Doolittle. Spies in Disguise. He's in those movies? Yeah. Onward, he was good. And onward, Fantastic, but that's also voice acting. Don't care. I'm, I'm not going to say that he's overrated, but who knows? Maybe he is. Um, that'll be an interesting review, though. Uh, obviously, some star power there. And then the following week, we're going to kick off March Movie Madness. We touched on it before. We're going to break down the best 32 movie years of the last four decades, technically. Um, and we're going to put them to the test. We have a ranking scale, and then every other week after that, the rest of March, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the finals because we're gonna review movies from each of the final four years was it um, was it every week i thought we were doing like bi-weekly i said bi-weekly yeah, okay yeah no i think you said every other week but no that's that would be by just continue i'm i don't know um, that'll be an extra podcast the bi-weekly ones will be extra um on top of our batman review not our batman review actually turning red review and the lost city review um also i was thinking ty floating this out we don't have to do it march 2nd though um we could also do a short movie i don't know though maybe 
if we want, we might bump March Movie Madness back to like that Friday and March 2nd, either do Nightmare Alley or that uh, Japanese Oscar movie that's getting released on Hulu March 1st. That's an option for us. We didn't have a movie then. Now we have two potential movies because they're both Best Picture noms. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I think I think for sure we do. We eventually have to do those movies. Yeah. Just looking at this, yeah. um, March 23rd looks like we we really don't know what we got going on there. That's right before the Oscars as well. So that would be a good time to watch one of those. Yeah. We'll make it happen. More um, content coming out for, for sure. Movie pod. Random Rotten Tomatoes movie score tie. Death on the Mile, Nile, a movie on the river. I was trying to think of river movies, and the only thing I could think of was the 2016 biography slash drama film starring Tom Hanks solely. Okay, about the man who landed the airplane in the in the river. The the Delaware River? Sure. Uh, the ri- river right outside of uh, Hudson River, New York's Hudson River. Yeah. Um, it hit a flock of geese, and he landed it on the river. Everyone survived. True story. Uh, made a film about it with Tom Hanks as the pilot. Hour and a half movie. Ty, what do you think it got with uh, 348 tomato reviews? I know um, the Barstool movie guys fucking hate this person. Not the movie itself, but just the solely Michael Rappaport. What? It's Michael Rappaport. That's the guy they hate. No. They hate solely Solenberger, the guy who've landed the plane in the in the Hudson River. No. Why do they hate him? Because they think he's overrated. Oh, I thought it was because Michael Rappaport makes has a small role in this movie, and he says like "Sully" or whatever, and he's he has beef with Barstool, so I know they like PMT always makes that joke. That makes sense. I thought that's what you're going at. This is directed by Clint Eastwood, by the way. Oh, <laughs> of cry macho oh, fame. Oh fuck, Clint Eastwood, but Tom Hanks. Don't let Clint East your your yeah. hatred for cry macho change your mind. <laughs> this is I'm gonna go eighty. Am I in the right? I'm not gonna. Make, I'm not gonna say anything. Three percent, eighty-five percent. Eighty-five tomato, eighty-four audience. You were right there. Fuck. Two percent off. That's close. Have I ever been? You've been one percent off once. I remember. What movie? Don't fucking remember. <laughs> These are random Rotten Tomato movies. You think I remember them? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you had like a database full of random Rotten Tomato movies. That would have been smart to do, but no, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's way too late now <laughs> yeah i'm not going back <laughs> i'm not fucking going back now um 85 84 audience um next week for uncharted maybe i'll think of another video game movie so you might want to do some research we'll see Ooh, sonic the hedgehog we're watching that by the way i'm like actually excited for that i didn't see the first one you're gonna have to watch it. um but i did see a tweet saying that the pandemic has lasted two sonic the hedgehog movies and that made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> it's better than you think it's not I've, I've heard it's not bad um it's april 13th is our review day for it our record date i should say uh it's either that or a movie called ambulance um oh, we're doing some ambu la ints oh sorry that's well no but that's just not like all the posters and everything it's all this is in la um we're doing that though i'm not letting you not do it so you're gonna have to watch the first sonic because okay. i thoroughly enjoyed it jim it's classic jim carrey <laughs> I'll, I'll get around to it i'm it's not like i'm like don't want to i just got to I got to do it. Good. Next week, though, <laughs> Uncharted. We'll see how that turns out. Um, when does when does Moon Knight come out? March. I, admittedly, we've been watching Peacemaker. It's a lot of fun to watch. Great film. Series. Yeah, great series. Killed a white supremacist. Just not a lot of speculation and stuff, so we're not doing like our typical TV show movie. Yeah, go check out Peacemaker if you haven't, though. It's fucking fantastic. March 30th. Oh, okay, so it's the end of March. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that then. I, was, I thought it was sooner. That kind of bums me out. And that's a Wednesday, so we'll be staying up Tuesday night. Well, I don't know. Um, will you be staying up Tuesday night for Moon Knight, the first episode? Oh, fuck yeah, I will. Um, so that'll be uh, when we record on March 30th. That'll go with The Lost City. Love it. Look look forward to that episode. We might. We're, it's kind of a, probably a good thing we have something extra for The Lost City. Although The Lost City is, has a big cast, so maybe I shouldn't shit on it yet. I don't even know this movie. We I've talked about it like three podcasts ago. It has Bullock, uh, San- Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, and Brad Pitt. I Are you doing a second movie pod where you talk to people about movies? Because I've never <laughs> never once spoken of this movie. This is the first time I'm watching anything revolving this film. Well, I'm glad to know Involved. you don't listen to me. It also has Oscar from The Office. Oh, really? Yeah, Oscar Nunez. I... I'm intrigued by it. This is the first time I've found out about this film. (laughs) 
Is Brad Pitt on the poster? Are we sure Brad Pitt's in this? Because he's just not on the poster. I don't know. You know how Google is. Sometimes they fuck it up. But he's like on the IMDb and everything. There's just no... Oh, he is. He's he's just on the bottom right. Like in the flames. It's hard to tell it's him. Long hair, though. Star-studded cast. Can't, there's actually a goat on a man's sh- on Oscar's shoulder. <laughs> I'm intrigued. It should be fun. We're not doing that next week, though. Next week's Uncharted. You got anything else, Jay? I don't. All right. Be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.